blow out the candles, cut the cake, because today is Follow Friday's first birthday. I'm honestly kind of surprised to be talking to you today because I wasn't sure if I would be able to do this podcast for a whole year. As you might know, this is a solo production, so all the research, scripting, editing, copywriting, social media, all of that every week behind the scenes is just me. Or it was until this week because I decided to flip the script. See, a lot of listeners and past guests have asked me if I have any follow recommendations for them because I host a podcast called Follow Friday. Of course I do, right? Sometimes I'll throw out the name of someone I've been really into lately, or I'll tell them about someone I discovered through this show, but I've never made myself do what I ask all my guests to do, which is to sit down, to look at who you follow, and think about what they really mean to you. So today, in honor of Follow Friday's first birthday, I'm doing exactly that. And guiding me along this little journey is one of our first guests, Ryan Broderick. If you don't know Ryan, he writes this amazing newsletter about the internet called Garbage Day, and he's the co-host of The Content Minds, which is another internet culture podcast that you should listen to. I asked Ryan to lead the show, so he will take over in a minute. But first, I want to thank our new patrons, Danny, Lauren, and Silnai, over at patreon.com slash followfriday. By becoming patrons, they unlocked the Follow Friday XL feed, which is where you can find our past bonus episodes and the extra-long versions of my conversations with Brooke Hammerling, Tom Scott, and many more to come. If you can hear this, that means you're listening to the public feed, but you can get access to an extra-long version of this very episode when you go to patreon.com slash followfriday. Chip in any amount you want, starting at just $1 a month, and you will unlock Follow Friday XL. Thank you to all the patrons for the support, and I also want to thank this week's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Kelsis, which pairs startups with expertly assembled software development teams. They work with funded startups across multiple industries to help them get to market fast. Learn more and get in touch at kelsus.com. Okay, I think that is everything. Here's this week's very special birthday episode of Follow Friday. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet of folks you should know. So let's have a smile. Well, that's enough for a place. I'm Ryan Broderick. Welcome to Follow Friday, the podcast about who you should follow online. Most weeks on this show, Eric Johnson talks to creative people about who they follow and why. It's a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. Today on the show is Eric Johnson. Uh, We're doing an anniversary episode, so we're going to spin this back around on him and make him answer some of his extremely earnest questions, which made me... Genuinely mortified when I had to do this. So, uh, you can find Eric on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. He writes about podcasting in the Lightning Pod newsletter, which is at lightningpod.fm slash newsletter. Eric, welcome to your show. How are you? 
I'm good, Ryan. Thank you for coming back on my show to take it over for me. Um, I appreciate, as always, your willingness to play ball with my, uh, what do you call it, extremely earnest uh, nature. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I have a very tough time with it, but today I feel more in control. I feel like I have more power, yes. so I feel more comfortable. So let's, let's dive into it, shall we? It's Final Friday. I want to start with... Someone you don't know, but want to be friends with. You picked Patrick H. Williams. Williams. Who is that? So Patrick H. Williams is a YouTuber, and he is, in my opinion, the best video essayist. I think this is a very crowded genre right now. This is YouTube has really given rise to a lot of folks like him, um, especially folks like him who are talking about movies. And I think he is far and away the best because what he does is he actively steers away from the stuff that would get him easy views. He like like on YouTube and like film YouTube circles, you know, if you want to talk about Star Wars or Marvel or if you want to have like an angry hot take about some casting decision or some whatever, all of those things, you know, those are classic time-honored ways to juice your viewership numbers. And Patrick, I think after Rise of Skywalker came out, he said, I'm just not going to do any more Star Wars in this channel at all. He had done a couple of video essays about them, really great essays, but he was like, I'm just going to opt out of this discourse. And same thing with Marvel. I think he's mostly backed away from any sort of Marvel discourse. And instead, what he does is he does these incredibly well-written, well-researched, funny, insightful videos about all sorts of things from film, either film history or film techniques. Um, he breaks down genres. He breaks down specific filmmakers. I love opening title sequences. You know, the boring part at the beginning of the movie where all the names come up? I love it. Of course, this probably shouldn't be surprising since I'm the kind of weirdo who obsessively reads the credits because I love seeing the billing order of the actors and I really want to know who the cinematographer was, but beyond just the text on screen, I love the tradition of starting movies with a flourish. This big sequence introducing us to what we're about to watch. I mean, I just think his videos, they go against the grain in a way that I admire, but then they're also really good. And I just, I cannot get enough of his his videos. I did not realize that I, I saw and enjoyed one of his videos actually uh, a couple months ago, which was his video where he took his parents to see The Fast and the Furious. Ah, see, I have, and I still have not seen F9, so I have not watched that particular video. <laughs> oh, F9's good. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's got everything you want from a Fast and the Furious movie, you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> I, I watched most of them for the first time last year, and I uh, I think there was a point in, I think it was F8, I want to say, one of those, uh, where Dwayne Johnson is just shooting a machine gun at a helicopter, and I was like, yeah, yeah this seems good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really all you can ask for from a great movie. Patrick's parents, though, um, they are incredibly adorable. And the other thing I want to call out that he does is, and what distinguishes him from other video essayists, he has a fictional meta-narrative going on in addition to his video essays. So he has the straight facts of just like him talking about, you know, cinema and about what, what all those topics I mentioned. 
But then parallel to that, baked into his past couple years of videos, he has a serialized fiction story about an evil coconut uh, named Charles that is taking over the world. That's what this is. I'm looking at his videos right now, and I was like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things where if you just drop into one of his videos, it's like, what the f*** is going on? But he's been doing this. He's been basically starting early 2020. um, He started this years-long serialized meta series, and he's currently, he hasn't put out a new video in a while, because he's currently about to release a feature film completing the Charles story. He literally last year made a feature film <laughs> based on, I think it's a time-traveling evil coconut. I'm going to have to brush up on my on my Patrick H. Willems lore. Charles mania has swept the nation. Ever since this googly-eyed angel rolled off his palm tree and onto a moderately successful YouTube channel, people can't get enough of him. He may be only four inches tall, but Charles is becoming a titan of Tinseltown. This is just another thing that I admire so, so much is someone who is leaning into their weirdness and saying like, hey, this is something that I want to do with my platform, with my my and my YouTube following here. I do enjoy that. I, I like I like YouTubers that sort of think of their channel as one product and like as as a as a whole not the not the people who are sort of chasing after like random viral events like i i really like red letter media for that reason cuz like their yeah. whole thing is like based in this internal universe that is utterly insane but it like it works <laughs> yeah red letter media i i associate them mainly with like the mr plinkett reviews like the reviews of the star wars prequels but then i also have followed i've seen tons of their videos where they've done like Wheel of the Worst and Best of the Worst. They, they, they do a lot of like videos about like terrible movies. Um, that's, that's half in the bag. Yeah, half in the like, bag. Yeah, half in the bag <laughs> is the good one. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really interesting because one of them plays Mr. Plinkett live, but the other right. one voices Mr. Plinkett. It's like a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> if you've never seen the Mr. Plinkett reviews, none of this makes any sense. But who cares? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Way too much of my brain space is filled up with this stuff. But yeah, no. This is, Patrick seems like a cool guy to be friends with, and not you know a horrible YouTuber. This seems like a good YouTuber. So this is good. Yeah. No. The last thing I'll say is like um, last year when we went to go see the French Dispatch, the new Wes Anderson movie, um, there was a whole group of people in the theater who were all dressed up as past Wes Anderson characters from all of his different movies. And my fiance, who's always trying to match me with other movie nerds, is like, oh, go talk to them. Maybe they're a club. <laughs> and <laughs> I, we, we, went, we went up afterwards, and unfortunately, they were not a club. They were just a group of friends who, uh, who really like Wes Anderson. But I feel, I feel like, you know, if we lived in the same area, this is why I say Patrick, I, you know, don't know him, but want to be friends with him. I feel like this would be the, the most obvious, you know, person who my fiance would be like, go, go try and hang out with him. <laughs> well, if, if, if you know Patrick and you're listening to this, or if you are Patrick and you listen to this, let's uh, let's help these two adult men be friends. You know, it's a hard world <laughs> to make friends uh, for 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 dudes. So let's do it. Let's make a connection here. Yeah, dudes being guys, guys being dudes. Guys being dudes is better than that. Uh, all right. It's not a Friday. So we got a we got a we got a new pick now. We got a second pick here, and this is someone who's an expert in a very specific niche you love, and it's Kevin Perjurer. And it's a YouTube channel called Defunct Land. So talk me through Defunct Land. 
when I was making my list of follow recommendations, I knew without a doubt Defunctland had to be on here in the in this category. This one is one of those channels that I have spent ungodly numbers of hours watching what they produce. I think I've seen almost all of Kevin's videos on YouTube, and he's made a lot over the years. There's a lot of adults on the internet who love Disneyland, many of whom get made fun of for not unfair reasons. I think there's a lot of very cringy Disney fandom out there, which I'm not really in that camp. But I do love visiting a physical theme park and thinking about it in terms of a designed Space. I think the design of theme parks, and specifically the Disney theme parks, and, and the rides in them, and the shows, and all that stuff, I find all of that incredibly fascinating, because you think about it in contrast to how we experience the internet, or how we experience pretty much any form of media other than going someplace, going to a park. You know, I, I think there's an incredible amount of artistry that goes into a good ride, at a theme park. And so what Kevin does at Defunctland is he does videos about theme park history, about rides that are defunct, that, that were, you know, have since been removed from, from the park, um, replaced with other ones. He's also done some about food and about uh, histories of, uh, you know, controversies and also some TV shows related to Disney and other and Nickelodeon and other kind of like um, family friendly media. And following Defunctland, has really allowed me to indulge this this, this niche obsession uh, with, with with theme parks, with rides, and, and how everything like kind of comes together. So you don't identify as a Disney adult, is what you're saying? I I don't, but I also will freely admit that I know a lot more about Disneyland than any adult should. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm very fascinated by the creepy aspects of Disneyland. Like I'm very interested in like the underground tunnels with robots mm. a- in them and the question of whether or not you can legally die on the park's premises. But I have actually never been to Disneyland or Disney World. You haven't. I've never. Oh, no. Well, for, for, I mean, yeah, the underground tunnels, those are uh, those are called the Utilidors and those are only at Disney World because when they were building Disneyland, they didn't know they would need them. But Disney World, they bought uh, an amount of land in Florida and Florida swampland that was the size of San Francisco. They were just like all this cheap land that no one wanted that was overrun with mosquitoes and alligators. Uh, and so they built all those tunnels there. And I think you there have been people who have died at Disney parks. I, I don't. I think there there's like a long running urban legend that like they wouldn't let you die. It was like, it's like the parliament in the UK were like, officially, if you, if you die in the house of commons, you you are pronounced dead across the street. Like you can't legally right, die right. in yeah. parliament. Um, but I think people have died. Like, you know, there's, there's no like legal, you know, there's no bylaw in Anaheim saying you have to be taken across the street first. So, <laughs> well, I know my goal for 2022, which is to die in Disney world. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal. No, this channel looks really fun. It's it's got uh 1.2 million subscribers and it puts out regular content and I feel like Disney history is so strange and weird that like it makes perfect sense to chronicle it in a YouTube channel. Yeah, and I think the thing to to know here and what makes it more palatable to me than a lot of like the Disney adult content is that Kevin is like he's very sarcastic, very funny. He's very critical of the Disney company. This is not a hero worship sort of channel. He, you know, makes fun of the fact that 
he and other people take theme parks so seriously. You know, I think I think there, there there's a fine line that folks that there's all sorts of people who make you know content about you know theme parks or other um, entertainment that's seemingly for children online. There's all sorts of adults making this sort of content, and I think he has the best tone, the best approach to all of it. The idea wasn't good, and the Imagineers considered Superstar Limo to be dead. Unfortunately, if their job was to please the boss, they had done it a little too well. Eisner, who had been in the entertainment industry for decades, adored the inside jokes and Hollywood gags. He loved them so much that he greenlit the new, terrible version of the attraction. Imagineering, most likely baffled at what they now had to do, did their best to make the attraction work. The retooled ride opened with California Adventure on February 8th, 2001. So was it as bad as they thought it would be? Yes. Yes, it was. At the end of the day, this should just be a silly diversion. But at the same time, just from their longevity and from the artistry that's been involved in making these parks, that do people do really get emotionally invested in them. So, you know, I, 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 I think uh, I, I really uh, highly recommend Devunk Land, their videos. Awesome. Awesome. I, I'm learning so many new corners of the internet this week. This is great. That's the idea. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break now uh, and cut to an ad that I personally had no involvement in picking and do not make any ad revenue from. And I, I hope that Eric <laughs> has picked a good advertiser, a good sponsor to follow this. Uh, but if it's not good, I do not, <laughs> I do not endorse them because I was not involved. Okay, bye-bye. Today's show is brought to you by Kelsis, a fully invested technical partner for your business. Kelsis works with funded startups across a variety of industries, providing them with an expert team of software developers to help them get to market fast. They have experience working with dozens of companies, helping them build products that can compete, thrive, and exit. Visit kelsus.com, that's K-E-L-S-U-S.com to learn more, and give them a call to meet your new technical co-founder. That's kelsus.com. It's Final Friday. We have two more picks. So the next one is someone you're embarrassed to admit you follow, and you picked a YouTube channel called Maytree. Acapella has never been cool. Acapella will never be cool. <sighs> I went to a college with uh, so many acapella groups that there was an ironic parody acapella group called the Tone Defs, the organizing principle of which was that anybody could join, no one could rehearse, and no one could have any singing ability. It was, it was, the, it was the, the, the leftovers uh, acapella group. I was in the Tone Defs for exactly one song, uh, and then I quit. And I've never considered myself a fan of the genre, of the, especially when I was in college, especially of the, the overabundance of, of these groups. Maytree is a Korean acapella group, and they are so damn good. I am obsessed. I cannot get enough of their videos because they are so incredibly talented. And, you know, I'm, I say I'm embarrassed to admit that I follow them, but I'm not that embarrassed because every person who I've shown a Maytree video to, they're immediately like, oh, 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 I get it. Okay, I see why this is addictive. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to press play on one. I've never heard them before. I want to see if I can be converted because I do find acapella mortifying. So, and, and t t Tell us which one you're, what you're playing. I'll I'm playing the, the Mortal Kombat theme song, which they, okay. they did a version of 10 days ago. So here we go. Test your might. Test your might. Test your might. 
test your Okay, okay, I am back to report that I, it did make me blush and sort of cringe, but it is extremely <laughs> impressive. Uh, they did do a very, very convincing cover of the Mortal Kombat theme song, which is really hard to do. So I'm very impressed. Yeah, like in that one, if I remember correctly, they have... They obviously have the guy yelling Mortal Kombat, uh, and he does a very good job of it. But then they also have, like, the, it's like the original video game music. It's not from the movies. And so they have, I think, all the different layers of, like, MIDI, like, synthesized instruments going. And they have, it's like five members of Maytree, and they have people in the background who are, their whole job for this song is just making high-pitched, like, beeping noises or or just like the the I, I can't even articulate exactly what it is they're doing but they are completing the the depth of the theme by by they by adding just these little uh video gamey sound effects and they're doing it in like a pitch perfect way that sounds exactly like the original theme <laughs> it's it's very very well done i i'm impressed i gotta say it is uh I still found it uncomfortable, I have to say, but I did, I do, I, I recognize the the skill there. It's very good. I think it's more comfortable for me because these are people on YouTube and I don't have to like look at them in real life. <laughs> I don't need to reflect any, I don't need, I don't need to let my, you know, uh, my, my face give away any reaction to them. And if I'm not into one of their videos, I can just leave. <laughs> but yeah, no, th- this channel... Well, I may, tell me if I should cut this out because of the recent stuff you've been dealing with. K-pop has been taking over the U.S. Re- oh. recently. I don't give a shit. Uh, no, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, so, so K-pop fans are not real people. You personally have been dealing with some passionate fans, let, let, us, let us say, uh, who, who, are, who are a little toxic uh, on your, on your, in your social media life. I've never gotten into that. But this is how the South Korean media machine gets me, is, is through who knew? acapella videos on youtube i just <laughs> uh they, they finally found me it makes sense it makes sense i i get it it has a it has a real power to it <laughs> and let me just say one more thing about Maytree, which is that um if you are not yet convinced by hearing them cover a song that you know like the mortal kombat theme definitely check out one of the videos where they're doing sound effects. They have one where it's like a history of the Windows startup chimes. They have a bunch of videos where it's um, video game sound effects or just other sort of uh, messaging software, all these different things where even if they're not not working from an actual piece of known music, I, th- I think they're just incredibly talented. They're, they're, they are so good at just mimicking uh, the, these, these sounds that have, you know, uh, that, that are well known to us. Yeah, I uh, the 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 upper register stuff they're doing in the Mortal Kombat theme song was very impressive. I have to say. Yeah. It's Final Friday. All right, all right. So we got our last pick here, and I feel like this is this is a good one to end on. So you were asked to pick someone who makes the internet a better place, and you picked Simone Yetch, the YouTuber and robotics expert. So tell me all about her. Um, I think a lot of people maybe first started following Simone. She went viral on Reddit. A bunch of times, um, she would do these videos 
of kind of like Wallace and Gromit-esque uh, silly robots, and she called herself the, the, the queen of shitty robots. So one of them would be a wake-up machine, and it was a little plastic hand on a servo that would spin around and slap her in the face to wake her up in the morning. Or she had one that was like, I think her first one was a breakfast machine, and it would uh, it was a spoon on a metallic arm that would dip into some cereal and then try and feed it to her. And obviously none of these would ever work exactly the way that she intended. My introduction to her was through Tested, which was the spinoff website of Mythbusters. It was run by Adam Savage. I think after she got, she already got some internet fame, she was invited to come over to the U.S. and to help make videos for Tested back in the day. And I think she's very much the the rightful successor to what Mythbusters did for, you know, early 2000s, for kids interested in science and engineering in, in the early 2000s. She has no, she no longer calls herself the queen of shitty robots. She now just makes these incredibly entertaining videos about engineering, about, you know, design. And she does so in a way that I think she owns her weirdness. She also owns her mistakes when something goes wrong is no longer just one punchline. She actually explains like, hey, here's what went wrong. Here's the process of trying to figure out how to make it better. She's going through the actual, the, the, the steps that are necessary for tackling an unsolved engineering problem and showing that making things is not a simple act of like connecting Legos, connect this piece to that piece, and then you're done. It's messy, things go wrong, people get frustrated, there's disappointments along the way, but that it's incredibly satisfying if you can, at the end, make something that works and that does what you want it to do and it looks good too. And so I think she's makes videos that to me as a 32-year-old adult <laughs> who is not ever going to you know pick up any engineering, to, I'm not planning to go to the shop and start making stuff myself, I can still watch the videos. But I say that she makes the internet a better place because especially for younger folks and especially for you know, younger people in general who are uh, not traditionally assumed to be of the engineering mindset, I think it's so, so amazing that she is making these videos and showing the entirety of the process and making it clear like, hey, things won't always go your way, but you can do amazing stuff if you, if you work at it. Um, it it's, it's truly inspiring to me. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I don't watch her channel specifically, though I'm a huge fan, but I'm a huge fan in general of YouTubers and like YouTube creators, because YouTuber feels like such a derogatory term, but like YouTube creators who have sort of used their channel to just start tinkering and messing with whatever their sort of interest area is. I'm a, I'm a big fan of this guy who does a similar sort of thing, but with um, synthesizers. So he just, mm. he, he recently uh, turned a Billy the Big Mouth Bass into a, a pretty kick-ass synthesizer, actually. <laughs> and I, I have, I long for the days where I can figure out how to do that with my own thing, whatever that is. I don't, I don't, I'm not an engineer. I have no practical ex, uh, expertise whatsoever. And I'm extremely clumsy and uh, uncoordinated. But I would love to figure out a way where I could do something similar someday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Big Mouth Bass example that you gave, Simone does a lot of projects that are just like that. So, for example, um, she has this adorable three-legged dog named Scraps. Of course. And Simone built 
what could only be described as a selfie photo booth for her. Basically, Scraps goes into this little room and presses a button. And when she presses the button, she gets a treat. But then also her photo is taken. So she is triggering the camera. And I love that because there's no real reason why that has to exist, right? It's not practical. There's no need for that to exist. But Simone had the technical knowledge to do it, and she just went and made it because it made her happy and also means that Scraps gets more treats, so it made Scraps happy as well. She didn't make this because the algorithm demanded it. She made it because she could and because she wanted to, and that's just one of the traits that I admire most about any creative person. Yeah, and and she just seems like a nice person, too. Like, she's one of those internet creators where you're like, you seem like a nice person. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, she, 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 loves, she loves dirty jokes and innuendos. And, and I mean, I, I, I got to love someone who cracks themselves up uh, in, in, in pretty much every video. She, she will say something that she then realizes mid-sentence uh, can, be, can be taken in a dirty way and uh, just makes herself laugh. So uh, respect for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, absolute respect for that. Well, Eric... I want to thank you for coming on to your own show. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, you you did uh, you did great. <laughs> I think your picks were fantastic, and I hope people who are listening to this who weren't following these channels or these creators are going to go seek them out and check them out. Um, where can people follow you if they want to follow you? I would strongly recommend uh, following and subscribing to the Follow Friday podcast. It's what you're listening to right now. You can follow in any podcast app <laughs> that you'd like. Getting very, this is getting very meta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I'm also twi- on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ, and I write a newsletter about podcasting and about Follow Friday uh, at lightningpod.fm slash newsletter. Uh, Ryan, how about you? If you want to follow me, you can listen to my uh, you can listen to my podcast, The Content Minds, which you can find uh, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, you can read me in my newsletter, GarbageDay.email, and I have an extremely regrettable Twitter account, which is at Broderick. If you want to get a hold of me, yeah, uh, say hi. I'm on the internet all the time, and I love talking to people. So as long as you're not going to yell at me about K-pop, uh, yeah. <laughs> And, and also, uh, I highly recommend checking out Ryan's episode of Follow Friday. Uh, you were one of the very first people I talked to. I think you were the second person I interviewed um, for this show ever. And so really just um, appreciate you taking a chance on the show back before it was even launched to anyone. Um, you said yes right away. And so just um, I'm forever grateful for that, for, for helping me get off to a strong start. It was a great experience. And, and uh, I, I have been asked actually by people who've gone on it, like, should I go on the show? I'm like, yeah, go on the show. It's great. It's a crazy experience. So, I'm so glad uh, to hear that. Yeah, it's great. Thanks again to Ryan Broderick for hosting this very special episode of Follow Friday. And don't forget, you can get a fifth follow recommendation from me by supporting Follow Friday on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash follow Friday to hear me and Ryan talking about a history podcast I love that has stopped updating but needs to come back. Really needs to. Here's a clip from that. I, I hesitate to call any podcast perfect, but this is damn near close. I think every episode of Something True is worth listening to. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash follow Friday. We will be off for the next two weeks as I'm taking what I hope you will agree is some well-earned time off. But get excited for when we come back on Friday, February 18th. 
I've already recorded the next couple episodes of the show, and they are so good that it's honestly going to be hard to decide which one to publish first. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. Special thanks to our Big Fry Patreon backers, John and Justin. That is all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. I'll see you in a few weeks. Today's show was brought to you by the Lightning Pod email newsletter, which is where I share my thoughts on the podcasting industry, behind-the-scenes updates on Follow Friday, and links to all of the podcasts that I've been working on. It's free, it's interesting, and you can sign up at lightningpod.fm newsletter.